broadcasting worldwide on internet radio. Refreshing takes on legal strategies. Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions. Independent ideas on building wealth. It's the Refresher Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. Now, here's Mark and Matt. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Refresh Your Wealth, and we have an exciting topic, the one that you've all been dreading. It's the topic of July 15th. (laughs) The exciting topic that you've been dreading. I get it. Uh, (laughs) And you know, people, this is like Mary Poppins. We're going to try to give you a little sugar to help the medicine go down, but you know you've got to take this medicine. There are so many little tips, strategies, and issues with this July 15th deadline and with COVID-19, we were all able to compartmentalize and say, I'm not going to deal with this until whenever. Well, the time has come. Yeah. Yeah. It's upon us. It, it, we got that, you know, extension automatically. Everybody got that April 15th turned into July 15th for 2020. Like so many other things that are just different in 2020, but, uh, yeah, we're a couple weeks away now, so you got to get your crap together and make a game plan. And that's what we're going to hit. What are the things you can do between now and July 15th that can improve and lower the tax you got to pay on your tax bill? We're going to talk about some things that, sorry, you can't do it. You had to have done that back in 2019 if you wanted 2019 savings. But there's still some things you can do, so we'll walk you through those and maybe give you some ideas of what you could be doing in 2020. Yeah, and, and so all is not lost. This is not all full of bad news. We want to give you some wake-up calls of what you can do in 2020. And a lot of times, when I've been on news interviews uh, across the country, I know, Matt, you face the same thing. People go, what can I do to save taxes? Uh, call me in December, you know, because yeah. <laughs> 2020 strategies really have to, yeah. for the most yeah. part, need to be done in 2020. So yeah. but there, but there are a few Hail Marys. We're going to give you a few. Yeah, there's some good ones still. Don't worry, there's some good ones. Um, But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's your 2019 tax return. You're reporting what happened in 2019. (laughs) If you're asking me what I can do in 2020, it's a little. But there are some things, actually. So we'll, of course, hit those. Um, Uh, Right at the moment, I'm thinking of Uncle, um, oh my gosh, in um, the Napoleon Dynamite, you know, he's building his Rico. Uncle Rico, you know, he wants to go back in time and play in the yeah. NFL, you know, and if we yeah. all had a time machine like Uncle Rico, yeah. we could yeah. pull this off. But Yeah, I love that. Oh, if Coach would have just put me in, we'd have gone taken state, I'd have gone pro. I'd be sitting in a hot tub with my, with Southern, what does he say? I'd be sitting in a hot tub with my soulmate right now. That's what he said. That's right. I could throw this football over that mountain. Watch this. Yeah. So, um, but anyway. We're going to try to throw you a Hail Mary anyway, a little Uncle Rico pass. But um, now, we normally do a tax tip and legal tip for each show. But yeah. since this show is packed with tax tips, I yeah. was thinking, Matt, we should just maybe do the legal tip yeah. and uh, go from yeah, there. I got the legal tip. So let's just kind of a newsy oh. legal tip. We'll hit that. And then, yeah, you're right. Everything pretty much else is tax tips anyways. So, okay. all right, let me... Uh, 
I'll do the legal tip now. Let's hit that. A legal tip that you can actually use. A legal tip where you don't feel like you have to take a shower after. Okay, well, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't do a legal tip on 3P, PPP, Paycheck Protection Program. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it's I, I, we talked about it a lot, but there's so many questions about it. Um, uh, there's a lot of interest in it. Most business owners went out and got this, small business owners. So here's just, there was a new- Yeah, so what Matt was doing there was selling you on the tip, people. So- <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm, like, I'm kind of done talking about PPP, but I know it's important. You know, it's kind of like your tax return. Let's be honest. It's yeah. not exciting, but it matters. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and this PPP matters right now. And as we're getting into the forgiveness app, which Mark and I talked about, um, uh, we've done, we've had uh, shows on that. And just last week we did a webinar on it with entrepreneur. So go check that out. If you need kind of the, the update on what's going on with PPP. But the easy apps out, Mark's got an article on it too. Here's one, uh, the uh, one thing that just came out a few days ago though. SBA updated their IFR. This is their interim final rule that went over some of the things with the forgiveness applications. And they of course outlined the eight weeks to 24 weeks, 75% payroll rule is 60%. The two year loan term, if you don't pay it back is now five years. And so those are all the awesome things that, you know, if you've been paying attention have happened, if you didn't, now you know some great things. Yeah. Here's one thing that was a little uncertain. We talked about this and said, hey, if you're done with your, if you spend all your PPP money and it's all been on qualifying costs and you'll get forgiveness, go apply and get forgiveness. And there's a lot of banks and such like, wait, SBA didn't say you could do that yet. If you're still in your covered period and you want to take this new 24 week covered period, you're not done yet. Even if you spend all the money and you think you can get 100% forgiveness, you're not done yet. So the banks were like, uh, don't come talk to us yet. Well, SBA came out and said, actually, if you are ready for forgiveness, you've spent all the money, you think you'll get 100% forgiveness, and you want to cut your 24-week period short now, let's say you're at week 12 or whatever, and you're like, I've spent it all, I'm going to get 100% forgiveness, why wait another 12 weeks? SBA says you can go ahead and file now, request forgiveness from your bank, and then they'll be on the, the clock. They got 60 days to approve or deny your request. So that's a big uh, update. Um, hopefully within the next week or so, the banks will be ready to start receiving these applications. So many of you that got your PPP in April um, or March even, you, you spent it. Um, and, for better or for worse. Yeah, for better or for worse. <laughs> that money's gone. And um, so you can go get forgiveness. Now, if you had a reduction in employees or pay, one of those issues, you're going to want to wait because you get till the end of that period to restore that or until the end of the year to restore that where you don't get penalized for it and forgiveness. So only if you've got hundred percent forgiveness, you've kept your staff or an employee level, you spent all the money on qualifying costs, go do forgiveness. Now, if you have to rely on an exception because you've reduced pay or have a reduced staff, you're going to want to wait to do your forgiveness app. So right. that's and the I'm update. Gonna say this, anybody add to that and say, any of you that are anxious or interested in doing that forgiveness application now, the, don't worry about the SBA now. Just go talk to your bank. Just send them a little email to say, hey, I'm ready when you are. And some of the smaller banks may say, 
we're ready. We got a paper application. A lot of the bigger regional banks are trying to create an online portal for this. And they may ask right. you to wait for that. But the best thing to do is if you're anxious, don't call your accountant, don't call your attorney, don't call the SBA. Just go to the bank where you got the money. They're the ones that are going to run the, the application for you. So. Yeah. And I'll say this, the last little tip on PPP is now that it's 24 weeks, if you were a small business owner thinking, ah, I don't want to do this PPP, I'm not even up and operating yet. You better go get the money now. That deadline is now June 30th of funding mm -hmm. for PPP. There's still money left. So if you want PPP funds, 3P, <laughs> uh, triple P, I don't know, whatever we're calling it, you know, yeah. um, go get it now, go get the money now, get it by June 30th. You'll have 24 weeks. So even if you've been shut down, you've had shelter in place, you're the type of business that hasn't opened up because of your state, your entered or city, um, you might have some time, go get it. It's your last, really your last week to go claim those funds. And if you can't spend it, let's say you got to wait a month or two to see, that's fine. You know, you pay it back. No, no harm, no foul. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like it. And we can spend the rest of the show talking about it. I've got little things I'm anxious to say, but I'm going to pass and recommend all of you get to last week's. No, it was two weeks ago. We did a call-in show on this. Yeah, uh, that's what it was. And there's also a, a YouTube live and a Facebook live on this. So if you don't know where to go to find our content with some newest updates, please email one of our staff or ourselves and we'll, we'll get that over to you. For any of you that are also seeking forgiveness for anything you've done in your life, we will accept your application. Uh, <laughs> there's a small nominal charge. Yeah. Um, we'll even turn the camera off on the Zoom call. We'll just- Yeah. Yeah, what's that thing? It's the Catholic church they call it when you go ask for forgiveness, you have to pay confession. something for it. What is it? Well, oh, you mean go to confession, but there's something you pay too? Yeah, there's like, a, it's like you're, ah. Yeah, Annie yeah. up? Yeah, 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 you got to pay something. I, it's, um, ah, there's a name for it. Anyways, it'll come to All me. Right. Okay. Well, for what it's worth, Matt and I will forgive you. I don't know if we get <laughs> Yeah, it's free. Yeah. I don't have to get free in a cup of joe. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> All important. All right. Well, okay. So let's dive into the July 15th deadline and what you need to know. I, let's start with all of you out there. Let's just get it off the table. If any of you have already filed your 2019 taxes and you don't owe anything, you're done. There's nothing you need to worry about. There might be a couple tips we'll share here that you'll say, huh, maybe I want to amend my tax return before the deadline's up. But 99.9% .9 of you, we want you to still listen because there's things you're going to learn that you want to maybe implement in 2020. But if you've already filed and paid, July 15th is not a big deal. Yeah. If you haven't paid, so if you filed but haven't paid, that's true. The extension that the government granted during the craziness of the COVID crisis, they said you have it till July 15th to file or pay without penalty or interest. Yeah. So some of you may have filed because you wanted to go get the PPP. And so you needed to file your 2019 return, but you owed and you were nervous. Now it's time to pay. So you need to send your, your slip or your coupon or however you want to do it online or whatever. Pay your taxes due for 2019 by July 15th. If you don't, what you're going to have is what's called late payment penalties and interest. Um, it's not the end of the world. They're not great. They're not as bad as a credit card, but yeah, 
some years I've gone through that. I haven't paid by April 15th or July 15th, and I just pay when I can. And you, you may even ultimately get on a payment plan, but that's my yeah. right out of the gate, Matt. What would you say right out of the gate? Yeah, and the other thing I'll say too is if you are not going to file by July 15th, you must request an extension, okay? This extension from April 15th to July 15th was automatic in the sense you had to do nothing. It was done for everybody automatically. But now if you're not ready by July 15th, you can't, you're not ready to file. Um, and I'm, I'm not talking about paying. I'm just talking about filing, getting the information in, request an extension. Now that will get granted automatically, but you still have to request it. Yeah. And when anybody hears the word, oh, automatic, automatic extensions, extensions are automatic. See, 20 years ago, when you file an extension, it had to be approved. Uh, about 10 years ago, approximately, the IRS said, ah, forget it. We're, we're wasting our time. If you file an extension, we'll automatically accept it, but you still have to file it. Yeah. So people, and that gets you to October 15th, right? October so buy you till October 15th. So, so that's four more months, right? August, September, October, three more months. Three more months. Three more months, three yeah. Months. <laughs> we're so hyper-focused on July 15th. I was like, okay, well, I don't, where is I giving you that? It's three more months. So you have 90 more days. Now, some of you may say, well, who cares? Here's the deal. If you owe and you don't file an extension, now you have the late filing penalty. See, there's two different penalties here. And interest. Yeah. there's the late payment penalty and interest. Then there's a late filing and interest penalty, late filing penalty and interest. Right. This is like you ghosting the IRS. You may get away with ghosting your girlfriend or your boyfriend, and there's not a penalty and interest on that. But the IRS, if they don't hear from you, they don't like to be ghosted. So they're going to say, we need an extension. Yeah. And that has to be filed by July 15th to buy you that extra 90 days. And then there's no penalty or interest on filing. Yeah. You still may want to send in a deposit. But Right. Oh, so a lot of people will do that. They will send in what they think they owe in taxes by April 15th or July 15th this year, but still extend the return because they don't have all their stuff done yet. They're not ready yet. So the extension is extending the return filing but still sending in the money if you can to pay it because there's no extending the payment of tax due, if that makes sense. That's another way, that's another way to and, say it. You know? And a couple, and see, there's so many nuances here. I'll say this. Some people go, well, I don't know how much to send in because I haven't filed. Yeah. So it's like this catch 22. What our general policy is, and you're going to see it in the newsletter uh, this week, and I'll probably keep it in there for the next three to four weeks, is you can estimate what you think you owe and substantially reduce any penalties and interest. Yeah. The best safe harbor, for lack of a better word, safe harbor meaning pull the boat in, you're safe for a little bit, you're not, you know, that yeah. is out of the storm, <laughs> is to look at how much you owed the year before. So when you were filing your 18 return last year about the same time, how much did you owe? Well, whatever that was, kind of guesstimate, did I make about the same? Did I make a little less or more? Just guesstimate and throw it in. And that will get, and then file it with your extension, and that'll eliminate all the penalties and interest penalties and interest you hope. Yeah, yeah, as long as you get it right. But if you get close enough, then you know you only get penalized a little bit. So, because yeah. um, okay. the penalty and interest is based on how much you owe. So, like right. Matt said, it, it's proportional. 
So you want to get close, and, and the penalty and interest could be pennies if you get yeah. close. So yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Well, let's go over what you can do right now. Oh. Um, now, yeah. Matt, before you say it, because I was wondering if you're going to bring it. Let me just say business owners. Let's mm. at least say this. Oh yeah. If, if you have an LLC with more than one member, so it's two members or more, that LLC would file what's called a 1065. S corporations file what's called an 1120S, as in Sam, and that's an S corp, C-O-R-P, not an S corp. I'm doing this live from Vegas, so I need to make sure I'm clear on <laughs> S corp versus S corp. They're different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we, can, we cannot elect to have you an escort. We can only elect to have you as an S corp. So yeah, yeah. You go to someone else to get elected an escort. That's, that's a yeah. different podcast and service provider of, of professional we'll, services. Yeah. We'll meet with you for the forgiveness meeting after, you know, we'll do the forgiveness yeah. call after the escort call, but that two yeah. different things. Yeah. Um, okay. Now the S corps and the 1065s, the LLCs, are due, are due September 15th. So what the IRS is trying to do is for all you business owners, file your extension personally, but yeah. you still have 60 days to knock out your business returns. You have until September 15th. Then you get your business return done and then you get what's called a K-1 or whatever, that flow, you know, all the little issues that flush out of your business filing. Then you do your personal that last 30 days. Some people say, well, I can't, can't I file my personal return first? No, you've got to wait till the business returns are done, then file the personal return. So, yeah. but July 15th doesn't affect you business owners. It just, it's just a personal thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, the extension form for all of you is 4868-4868. You can download it, do it yourself. If you're working with our accounting firm or other accounting firms, you'll just call them up and go, make sure you file it, and they will. And I would do it in email to verify it in writing because if your accountant misses the extension, you want in writing that you asked them to do it because if they blow it, you want them to pay the penalty and interest on late filing, not you. So if you use a third party, make sure you verify in writing that you asked them to do it so they're on the hook and they said they would follow up on the email, all that sort of thing. Okay, Matt, sorry. Okay, what we can do now. Okay. okay. So let's go over the first thing, which for many of you business owners, real estate investors, I'll say the first thing is before you file, have a clean set of books, okay? Like get your bookkeeping done right. Um, that is probably the number one place where you're going to pick up deductions and, and expenses that you otherwise are going to miss if you're just a mess and a wreck. And it's a time suck. It's a time waste. For those of you that are terrible at your bookkeeping, and you kind of do it right before you file your return every year and you try to throw it all together. I know who you are. You're listening. You're probably shaking your head right now. Yeah, that's me. Um, stop. But maybe, I mean, but still go through that same pain in the neck process. Get all those expenses together. Um, think of the things that, um, that, you know, you might not be generally thinking about. Like, th you know, think of the expenses in your business that are really, is this, do I use this in the business? my cell phone, a computer, a laptop, um, a, a, I, an iWatch, you know, I mean, it's any of these things. Um, Apple Watch. Apple Watch. Apple Watch. <laughs> Watch. That didn't sound right. <laughs> That's something Mark Kohler would have said. I can't believe I corrected Matt Johnson. <laughs> I know. I know you're, you're, you're rubbing off on me. Yeah. Um, 
so no, I like the books. Books are so important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just get get your books cleaned up, and um, and if you don't have the time to do it, that's the time you file the extension. Okay, because you're going to miss out on expenses and deductions, your auto, your travel, you know, all those things that we tend to forget about that really adds up to hundreds of dollars here and there that ends up to thousands of dollars that ends up saving you thousands in taxes. Yeah, yeah so important. Okay, and by the way, we've got some hot tips here. Don't worry, we're going to give you the, you know, these targeted sweet tips that you can still pull off by July 15th and what you want to be thinking about for next year. Uh, doing now so that next year you're not in the same quandary. But Matt is, and I, we, we have to say, this is again, taking the medicine of doing the books is that first step that is so important. And I'm going to use a quick analogy. All of you, I think I can almost say all of you, there's some of you that trick yourself into loving working out, but most of us, it is refreshing. Uh -huh. You get the endorphins going. You want to go on a bike ride or a jog. I get it. But most people don't like to work out. It's kind of a necessary evil. They know they need to do it for their health, their sanity. And if they don't do it, they feel crappy. Well, it's kind of like that with bookkeeping. Once you start doing your bookkeeping, you feel so much better. And you, if you get in that habit, just like exercise, it becomes easier. But if you wait to you know, work out before uh, summer season and you haven't worked out all year, it's not going to be fun. You know, you're going to be... <laughs> It's going to be ugly, right? You got to go to the boot camp. You're going to be doing two a days. You're going to be trying to fit into that swimsuit. It's not pretty. Yeah, no pun intended. But if you do your books all year long, if you're working out all year long, that summer swimsuit season, so much easier, so much more enjoyable. Yeah, July fifteenth is is the swimsuit season for taxes. That's what it yeah. is. Wow. You know. Wait, so we got some spray tans. Everything we can. We got some spray tan strategies here in a minute too. So, <laughs> so this is the last minute ditch effort. Yeah. Just spray tan. <laughs> some of you may need some lipo. We can put you under the knife. But, um, <laughs> Maybe but, airbrush in some abs or something. We we'll see what we can do here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let's hit uh, okay, books. What's your first tip that you can still do by July fifteenth? Well, I mean. I'd be remiss if I didn't say retirement accounts. Okay. So um, uh, contributing to retirement accounts. Now, here's the ones you can still throw money into and okay. get a tax deduction. Now, Matt, before you give these numbers, I want to tell everybody, if you're a new listener, you may think, well, these guys want me to do a retirement contribution because they're financial planners. They're financial advisors. They are tied to Wall Street. No, we want you to put money in a retirement account so you can build tax deferred or tax free income down the road, which is one of the best tax planning strategies. Are there other things out there like life insurance and having stock brokerage accounts outside of your retirement? Sure, we're not saying throw everything into the mix here, but if you're new to this show, yeah. we are huge believers in investing in retirement accounts and then taking that retirement account and investing what you know best. So don't think we're saying buy stock, we're saying put money into a vehicle that you can drive. And so that's a whole other show, but I just want to map for the new listeners. I wanted to let them know that we're not jaded here. Yeah. Love it. Um, and Big that's, number. yeah. Okay. So let's hit someone you can throw in traditional IRA. You can drop 6,000 in still. Okay. You have until July 15th, throw 6,000 in. If you're over 50, you get an extra thousand. You can do seven. Um, SEP. What? <laughs> Got a good joke. I'll come back to it. We got to get some real okay. content out here then. All right. A SEP IRA. Okay. If you're like, ah, 
that's 6,000 is just not going to do much for me. I need more. All right, if you're self-employed, you can do a SEP IRA and throw up to 56,000 in. Depending on your income, it's 25% of your income. So you need to make a couple, two or 300 grand to be able to max that out. But you could be throwing in 56 grand. Now this SEP IRA is in contrast to the solo K. If you've been a listener of ours, you know us. We, we set up solo Ks for clients, many of them self-direct. You can use directed IRA, our company for that, for any of these accounts, for solo Ks, IRAs, SEP IRAs, directedira.com. We got you there for, for any of you that want these accounts. But the SEP IRA is um, not our main strategy for the self-employed business person. We like a solo K instead. The problem is you had to have your solo K set up in 2019 to make 2019 solo K contributions. The SEP IRA is different though. You don't have to have it set up in 2019. You can plop it in right now. So that's why a lot of people will do a SEP IRA, um, particularly now if they don't have any accounts. So that's 56K SEP IRA. Have until July 15th. Now, if you're a business owner and you extend your return, even if you're a sole proprietor, let's say, and you extend, you get that deadline extended as well. So you could be up to September 15th or October 15th, depending on your, the type of company or business you are. Okay. On this note, this is a tricky one, everybody. The SEP can still work for your LLC or S Corp, and you can take advantage of the SEP when you do those business returns before September yeah. 15th. But if you're filing a Schedule C as in Charlie, and, you had, and for 2019, you may have learned the hard lesson, I better be an S-Corp this 2020. But if you're doing a Schedule C as in Charlie, that SEP could be on your personal return and included up until October 15th. So you wanna kind of figure out, okay, what kind of business structure am I? How much income did I have last year? If I do a SEP, how much can I do? And we want to tell you, they are a last ditch Hail Mary. They are not the way you want to move down the field. That's, we want to do, you know, first and yeah. eight, second and two. We want to move down with just good quality short passes and get to the end zone with good planning. And that's where the solo 401k comes in. But if you were late, the SEP will do it, but it's very, very inefficient. And it doesn't get you the best rate of return. I'm sorry, the best contribution amount and tax deduction. They're kind of a nightmare. So if you want to figure out the nuance there, go to YouTube and type Kohler SEP or Sorensen SEP. And we've got some videos that talk about SEP versus 401k. And you'll see the yeah. differences. But today's show, we just want to point out the SEP, the IRA, traditional and Roth, they're all a possibility before July 15th. Don't wait till the last minute. Yeah. Hope that helps. Okay. And if you did the SEP IRA for 2019, you're like, all right, now I want to start doing a solo K in 2020. You can roll the money out of the SEP IRA into the solo K. All right. Yeah. You're not stuck. That SEP IRA money can roll into the solo K, close it out, and just be all solo K moving forward. So, okay. Now remember, people, we're trying to give you these tax tips with a little bit of edutainment, education and entertainment. <laughs> so, just a little sidebar for 60 seconds. On this 50 and over thing, it yesterday was not a good day for this. Um, and see, Matt's a young guy. If you watch us on YouTube, you think <laughs> I'm younger than Matt, but I'm not. You just, you just look young. I look young, you know, but I hit the big 5-0 last year. And 
if for any of you that are in your 30s or 40s, when you turn 50, you still feel like you're in your 30s or 40s. It's just on your driver's license, you're 50 and you're freaking out. <laughs> and you get, you get mail from the AARP all of a sudden, you're like, what the, this is for my dad or my mom, you know? Anyway, so yesterday I had two instances that did not go well. First of all, I stopped at an auto parts store. I had to get a thing for a trailer. And I go into the auto parts store and the guy in front of me is up at the register. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy at the register goes, you veteran? The guy's like, no. Okay. Uh, are you current? Uh, are you over 50? The guy's like, yeah. He's like, we got a discount for you here. O'Reilly Auto Parts. I'm like, and so I'm sitting there going. <laughs> okay. So now this guy looked like he was over 50 and gray hair. He, he was definitely 60 to 70 plus. So it was an easy call. The guy didn't offend yeah. me by going, yeah. you're over 50. So I get up to the counter and this is where it was really a hard decision because Matt knows how cheap I am. My wife knows how cheap I am. I'm like, if I can get a discount, I'm going to grab it. <laughs> but there's other people in line, you know? <laughs> and the guy looked at me and he couldn't tell, you know, he was like, mm, he yeah. I'm not going to ask because I don't want to, you know, get a punched in the face. So I kind of lean over the counter and go, yeah, I'm over 50. And he's like, all right, we'll get you that. And then he didn't even, he wasn't on even couth about it. He was like, all right, we'll give you that discount too. I'm like, oh. Ah, the senior, no, he didn't say, well, I'll give you the senior discount. Uh, yeah, the, it was like. It's on the micro, we got a senior discount up here. <laughs> yeah, what are the price on tampons on mile 14? You know, I mean, I was like, dude, seriously, you know? But he was like, yeah, we'll get you that senior discount. I'm like, what was it, 10%? What was it? Five? Yeah, 10% off. I mean, 10%. I don't know. And then I look over to my side and there's these, you know, ladies in line. I'm like, if, if you could see my face, I was like, I'm just like holding my, yeah, you just got to own it. You just got to own it. Dude. Yeah. Just think of just think of the, you know, the guys in your, you know, in your category of the 50 plus, you know, like Clooney and stuff like that. Like, you know, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. You can still be cool in 50. Yeah. <laughs> All right. anyway, and well, you get to throw an extra thousand bucks into your IRA. So, yeah. There you go. So I, you know, well, anyway, so, um, let me hit, let me hit some other on. ones. So on okay. retirement accounts, cause I still got a few more. So HSA, it, Matt, my wife just walked by and she goes, Brad Pitt could get the senior discount. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I'm you, actually Brad. Yeah. I'm growing out my hair to look like Brad right now. Anyway. Okay. I, and rather than me be the comical relief, let me just say this. I'll throw out one tip here. And yeah. then I know, Matt, you were going to save the show. I'll throw out auto. Now, auto is amazing right now because you not only do you want to consider the mileage deduction, you might also do an actual. And if you bought a car or a truck last year and you have a business, I don't care if the business bought it. You could have bought it personally, but you're using it in your business. And if you use it more than 50% of the time for your business, and this could be an RV people. Some of you took out your RV to go check on your rental property or go to a trade show or who knows what. So an RV, a motorcycle, a truck, a car, the actual deduct deductions are off the chart. Yeah. So if you are looking for some last minute deductions, just make sure you bring up that topic. And a lot of accountants aren't going to ask, did you buy a new car or truck last year? Or did you buy an RV? Now you had to have bought it last year and it could be used. It could even be used. And the yeah. write-offs are so much better than mileage and ever before in the last 40 years. So auto is a hot one. Make sure you think of that before July 15th. Like it. 
Um, okay, health savings account. All right, health savings account, as long as you had a high deductible plan in 2019, at least by December 1st, you can do a health savings account, single, 3,500 bucks, family, which could just be two people, 7,000, okay? That's a big deduction, it's above the line um, on your tax return, so you don't phase out based on your income or anything like that. So health savings account is another one, and also you can self-direct that. You have a directed IRA, you could, Mark's HSA owns a rental property, you know? Um, so you can self-direct an HSA. Okay. I got another one. Unless you tell me, I'm just kidding. The retirement plan ones, you know, I just got them all lined up. So, all right. All right. Hit those. Okay. We got the Roth IRA. Roth IRA is still around. Who could maybe do a Roth IRA? What about your kids? You want to throw in six grand for your kids? Maybe you paid them in your business last year. Want to throw in six grand still for 2019 for them. Uh, maybe you got college kids that maybe worked, if they didn't work in your business, they otherwise work. You want to help them throw six grand in their Roth IRAs. Obviously, we want you to do yours, yours first. Saying, okay, do yours first before anyone else's. And maybe your spouse is next and then think about your kids. Um, but for those that are high income, and I just got a question on Facebook um, about this this morning, about high income earners. They used to do Roth IRAs, contributions every year, self-employed. Their accountant told them no more Roth IRAs. You make too much money. You can't do them anymore. Well, there is the backdoor Roth IRA, okay? So that is a strategy. Even those of you that are high income earners or that max out your 401k at your employer every year, there's still one more thing you can do, which is the backdoor Roth IRA. We've got a lot of content on that. I got articles on my website. Mark's got articles and videos. Go check it out. It's the backdoor Roth IRA. It's basically a way you contribute to a traditional account, non-deductible, make a conversion of those dollars to Roth, and you're through the back door. You've got a Roth IRA. Now you just have to do that two-step method. It gets around the high income limit rule. It's a legit strategy used by almost every financial institution and advisor out there that knows their stuff. So go check it out, the backdoor Roth IRA. And we do those, by the way, at Directed IRA. We have a one application that sets up your traditional, that does your conversion, and that sets up your Roth all in one step. Okay. I love it. Now, one of the last October 15th, sorry, the last July 15th strategies um, that is gone. Now, let me make an important point that Matt, maybe Matt said in, it, in that barrage of numbers. I'm not sure. He said that just if you file an extension to October 15th doesn't mean you have an extension on all these deductions or these contributions. Yes. The only one that goes past July 15th that Matt talked about is the SEP. Yeah. All the rest end on July 15th. So you say, well, I'm going to file an extension and then I'll do my IRA after that. Nope. Missed it. Yep. So you got to do those IRAs. Um, then is the health savings account. The health savings account ends July 15th, whether you extend or not. And the health savings account, you've got to see if you had the right type of policy last year in 2019. And many people do. It's a high deductible plan. They never use it. Yeah. They go, well, it's through work. That's okay. It doesn't matter where your plan's sponsored. You do the HSA independent of your employer. That's okay. You just have to have a high deductible plan. So some of you just need to do a little bit of research. It takes maybe a couple of hours at most or a phone call. Call your insurance company and go, what's my deductible? Do I qualify for an HSA? Um, and you can understand the rules for this that 
will allow you to make a contribution. Now the, the deduction and the beauty of this is you can be at any income level, any income level, doesn't matter. You'll never phase out. And that's a big deal. So that's really, really good. So I want you to make your HSA contribution. And for last year, it's 3,500 if you're single, 7,000 if you're married or head of household. So if you're a single mom or dad and you got at least one kid in the house, you're hitting seven. So think about that. Okay. Did you say Coverdale, Matt? Nope, didn't do Coverdale, but that's two grand that you can throw in. Now you don't get a tax deduction for that. Right. But we do have a deadline on July 15th of when to do it for 2019. You know, if you want to do 19 and 20 and double it up, a lot of people right now, by the way, are doubling up on IRAs or Roth IRAs or backdoor Roth IRAs or Coverdell or even HSAs. If you're like, hey, I didn't throw any in for 19. Let me just throw in my six grand in my Roth IRA for last year and I'll throw another six grand for 2020. I'll just drop in 12 now, you know, or traditional or, you know, so a lot of people are just like, hey, let me just throw it in now. Even the backdoor Roth, that's, that's what I do every year. I just kind of every two years, I just double it up and just get it done. So, um, but the Coverdell, you can do the same thing. 2000 for last year, 2000 for this year, get four grand in. Now you don't get a deduction, a deduction for 2019 for putting in Coverdell, but the money grows with no tax and it comes out tax-free for education expenses for your kids. So it's generally you'd set it up, your kids or grandkids, or it could be other family members, nieces, nephews, whatever, you know, whoever you want to benefit. And if your kids or grandkids don't use it, you could move it to another family member. So there's a lot of flexibility with those Coverdell accounts. We've had clients who self-direct their Coverdells that, you know, it's kind of cool that they invest them, they do real estate deals in them, and you see them cut big checks for their kids' college education bills that they've totally done tax-free, uh, on tax-free income um, with the Coverdell accounts. So good strategy for those looking to help save for college and uh, particularly those that want to self-direct too. I love it. Okay. Well, all right. Um, now, let me give a quick example of why this matters too. I had a phone call with a client this um, last week and said, Mark, um, I want to get self-directing and invest in a couple projects as soon as possible. And he didn't have a big IRA or a big 401k from prior jobs. He's been an entrepreneur his whole life. And he said, so I feel like I'm behind the curve. I've got to pump, prime the pump. I mean, I don't even yeah. have, I don't have a chip to even get in the game. So I yeah. said, okay, before July 15th, look what we can do. And he didn't have a 401k for last year either. So we said, we can do a SEP for last year. We can do an HSA for last year. We can do a Coverdale for your kids for last year and this year. We can do the HSA contribution for this year. We can do the backdoor Roth for last year and the Roth for this year. And oh my gosh, and then we did the HSA, the Roth, the Coverdale, and the SEP for he and his wife. By the time we added up all those numbers, it was over $75,000. And he's like, awesome. They sold a property that had 75 grand. Some of that was going to get a tax deduction. Some of it wasn't, but he wanted to get that nest egg going that he could self-direct. And if he did it before July 15th, he was able to double down on a lot of things that come July 16th, he wouldn't be able to do. So this is why this stuff matters as well. It's not always for a write-off. It's that you want to prime the pump with some contributions that come July 16th will be gone. And um, so don't forget that. Yeah. 
It's a good example. Um, the other thing I was going to say is remember tax planning, there's no easy button that you just push and be like, ah, just give me the, the lower tax, you know, thing. Um, it's kind of like doing five or six things out of a list of 20, or maybe it's more depending on your situation that in the end, if you do those five or six, you're going to save taxes. But a lot of people only do one or two. They just don't know. So um, it's making sure you take advantage of all the things that can apply to you to save taxes and being proactive um, about those items too. Okay. All right. Now I've got another couple of um, uh, points here. Um, uh, one, and this is an important one for everybody, is that I hear so often, well, I already have a good accountant. I'm sure he'll take or she'll take care of all this. Mm, are you sure? Do you have a strategy session with them? Do you plan? Do they send you a newsletter with strategies and ideas? Do they have a podcast? <laughs> now, you don't have to have a podcast like Matt and I or a newsletter <laughs> to be strategic and cutting edge. But that's usually the case. The accountants that are out there looking for strategies are usually writing about it. They're talking about it. Whether it's YouTube videos, a podcast, or newsletters, or blogs, is your accountant coming to you with ideas? Or are you listening to today's podcast so you can take them ideas? And the, on this last note, just another analogy is the contractor. You say, well, I'm going to remodel my kitchen. And I think we, if you're older, you know it well enough that you're going to get a different result using different contractors. Yeah. One contractor that just comes in and says, hey, we're going to prefab everything from Home Depot. You're good. Done. Or a contractor that comes in and does a little custom meeting with you. Oh, did you want a spice drawer? Oh, did you want a garbage can drawer that rolls out? Oh, did you want facial uh, cabinets on your fridge or on your garbage or on your washer or dishwasher? And you're like, I didn't even know those things existed. Oh yeah, did you want a little side door where you can put all your uh, pans for cookies and muffins and stuff? Oh my gosh, I didn't even know about that. See, it's the same thing with your tax returns. You can go to two or three different accountants and you want one that's got some of those ideas and they're bringing them to you. You don't want to go to Home Depot and go, well, I want that drawer. Oh, well, that's in another book. And then you're like, what the hell? Why am I bringing all the ideas here? Yeah. What type of accountant do you have? Yeah. You want the one that's going to give you the side door to put your cookies and muffins. <laughs> that's the one you want. We're going to be careful. We're going to end up going down a yeah. NPR show here. Yeah. Let me, let me hit a couple. I want to say a couple other things. Good tax planning. I think there's a lot of reality check when clients do their return. Even if you listen to this and you thought, ah, I kind of done all the things I can do for 19. A lot of times there's a wake up call and I'm like, crap, I feel like I'm paying too much. There's a lot of things that you just have to do in the tax year itself. Do you have the right entity structure? Maybe you should be an S corp. Are you making 50 grand or more in your business? That's going to save you taxes. Do you have kids that you can get involved in your business that you can pay? It's an awesome tax deduction. Great way to teach your kids about business also help them learn about money and maybe even throw money into a Roth IRA for them, teach them how to invest and all those other great things, or just reimburse yourself for all the expenses you freaking pay for them. Okay. So paying your kids, great tax strategy, the salary dividend split, which is part of the yes corp. You have to have been doing that in 2019 to get the tax deduction in 2019. What about an HRA? Do you got high medical bills you could save on by doing HRA, a health reimbursement arrangement in your business? Can't do that now. Had to do it in 2019. Solo 401k. We already talked about it. Doesn't work right now. Had to have do it, had to have done it by December 31st at the end of the year in order for the solo K to work. Also, the HSA, maybe you didn't have a high deductible plan. I need to have had the high deductible plan in 2019 by December 1st in order to make 2019 contributions. Well, maybe look at getting the high deductible plan 
um, in 2020. So, um, and that's just a quick short list of things to think about. We got a, I mean, Mark's, the accounting firm has a 25, 30, I don't know how long the checklist is now of tax <laughs> strategies to consider. So um, I'm just hitting kind of the, uh, the quick highlights here of just things to think about in 2020. Yeah. And, and it is the kind of the highlight reel. And, and I think everything Matt's bringing up is awesome. And, and I like how he said, this is just kind of a wake up call when you're doing your taxes over the next four to six weeks or eight weeks or whatever, you're going to, you're going to go, Oh my heck, I, what did Mark and Matt bring up? So let me just rattle off a few thoughts. I'm, and Matt, let's add to the list. And any of you yep. that have a pencil and paper handy, and you may want to pause this podcast until you do, and then hit replay. These are some of the strategies we want to at least bring up with our clients. Um, number one, healthcare planning. That's going to include an HSA, a health reimbursement arrangement, HRA. It's also going to, we're going to talk to our clients about deducting your health insurance premiums mm. and your healthcare expenses. I've got a whole chapter of this on my book. Healthcare planning, no one really talks about it. Your health insurance isn't. Your yeah. life insurance agent isn't. Your lawyer's not. Who's supposed to do it? It's your accountant. Um, I'll give three or four, then Matt, you give three or four. Okay. Getting your kids on payroll. Kids on payroll, critical. Uh, if your kids are above age 18 or under age 18, any of them can be involved in your small business. Third, auto, which I brought up today. Auto deduction's huge. And number four, dining. Dining is another one that so many people miss out on and they should be trying to write off every meal they have out talking with customers, clients, business partners, their board of directors, their spouse or children that are on as officers and employees as well. Okay, Matt, there's four. What do you got? All right. Well, we got the retirement accounts, of course, which we've explained more the detail, the different types of ones, but those go from the IRAs to Roth IRAs. Then those are just the individual accounts. And I would say those are for everybody. Yeah. Um, I would put the next category of the unique account types, like the covered L, you know, the education savings account. You could also throw in a 529. Now that you could do that for 2020, you're too late to try and do it for 19. Um, but then I'll do another category. Oh yeah, go ahead. You were going to probably do another category of the um, self-employed people retirement accounts. That would be your SEP, which you can still do for 19 or the solo K which again could be a th something to look forward for 2020 and future. Or if you have employees in your business too, you know, do the full blown 401k, right? So the easy one to do is a safe harbor. You can be thrown in 20 grand a year yourself generally um, without too much compliance costs. Um, we can help with those if needed. So there's other, of course, options for those self-employed with employees too. Okay, next, I'm going to bring it out because people want to talk about it. There's a lot of, uh, I'm going to use the word promoters of this is, using cash value life insurance, kind of bank on yourself strategies, where you can create this access to tax-free money down the road. I'm not opposed to that, and technically it works. My concern is a lot of people get into life insurance policies, and they've got to have the financial depth and wherewithal to maintain it in good years and bad years. And what happens is people get sold on the strategy, which is a great strategy, but they're not doing all the little things that are that can you can choose to do or not to do in a given year. But with their life insurance policy, once you sign up, you got to keep it going. And you can oftentimes lose the policy and lose everything you put into it if you have a bad experience in your life financially and you can't maintain it. So be careful of life insurance in that way. And then I'll bring up next topic would be 
the S corporation. Many of you are going to experience paying way too much in self-employment tax this year. Do you need to convert your LLC to an S corp? Do you have an S corp at all? Do you do the salary split? And is your salary too high or low? We have entire shows on that. Think about that. Matt, mm -hmm. go ahead before I move on. Um, let's talk about buying real estate. Okay. Rental real estate. For many of our clients that are just real estate investors already, they know that for many of you business owners or even W2 day job, you know, owning rental property can be a great tax strategy. Um, a lot of times you can use the rental real estate losses to offset other income, depends on your income limits. Maybe your spouse can become what's called a real estate professional and you can write off freaking everything. Um, so plus it's just a good way to build long-term wealth. It's a, it's one of those twofers. It's a good tax strategy, but also um, forget the tax strategy. It's one of the tried and true ways to build wealth in America, owning real estate. Okay, cool. Next, home office. It's been uh, poo-pooed and villainized by accountants years ago as a high-risk item. It is not. There's now a simplified version of the home office deduction that all of you should be taking advantage of. It's wonderful. Um, it doesn't even involve recapture when you sell your home, uh, a depreciation concept. A little too in-depth for this conversation, but home office. Every one of our clients, we want them taking the home office deduction. And then I'll throw out equipment and electronics. Everything you buy at Costco, uh, Home Depot, um, tools, uh, it, Apple Store, Best Buy. You need a laptop. You need a new phone. You need a, some tools. And this is why where Matt brings up rental real estate, it opens the whole door to traveling where you're going with your real estate and yeah. using the tools that you do, which I use the T word, Matt. You go ahead and explain that one further. The T word? Travel. Travel. <laughs> the T word. Okay. Um, uh, this is a, this show is rated PG. So I want to make sure I was on, you know, I knew what he was talking about there. Um, <laughs> so yes, travel. Now here's, you know, we talked about mileage already and an odd, that's part of auto, right? So you're doing auto, but let's say you've got a flight somewhere. You rent a car when you're traveling. Maybe you, you go to a conference or something. Um, all that travel, you go into a meeting, you're visiting a property that for real estate investors, you know, many of you are buying properties outside of where you live. Um, you're, you're the, you know, let's say you live in California. A lot of the California clients of ours don't buy real estate in California anymore. <laughs> They're investing in other places. Well, expense that travel, um, for those in real estate. And of course, any of you business owners out traveling, meeting customers and all that stuff, um, going to, to, uh, meetings and such like that that travel is all an expense. Okay. Another one that many of you may have not even looked at for 2019 yet, and you want to keep in mind for 2020, are a lot of the solar tax incentives. When you go to Home Depot or um, yeah. Lowe's and you're buying, I want to make sure I include both of them. It, it gets pretty ugly out there in the contractor world. You're going to Lowe's or Home Depot, you know, <laughs> it's like, what's, what's that movie with team, the, the wolf versus the, what is that, Jen? The team, the, Stephanie Myers. Oh, uh, Edward or um, are you team Edward or team Jacob? Jacob. Yeah. Team Edward or team Jacob. Yeah. You ladies know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Do, Do you guys you, love that? I knew the answer to that. Yeah, well, you have three yeah. daughters. You bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have three daughters, but I, I, I was least onto it. But then, yeah, team Edward, team Jacob. It's team Lowe's or team Home Depot. But um, when you're out shopping, for a new water heater or windows or all these little things, there's tax uh, uh, credits as well as deductions 
and that can be in your business as well. So any of you that are very solar, uh, energy efficient minded, you can easily Google and start looking at some of those uh, types of strategies and how they relate to your tax return. There's money to be had there. So think about yeah. that. The other one I'll just throw in there, we mentioned the Coverdell, but the 529. It's an, another way to save for college education for your kids. You cannot self-direct it, so we don't love it as much because of that. But it could be a good way to save for many people. You can throw in more than 2,000. You can be throwing in up to 15 grand, really. Um, if you're married, you can be doubling that up possibly or get other family members to throw more in actually. So you can really put a lot of money into a 529. Now there's no deduction federally, but again, it grows and comes out tax-free on education expenses. Some states though, many states, I'd say at least half, give a deduction when you put money into a 529 on state income tax. Like Arizona, where I'm at, you get a state income tax deduction for what you put into a 529. Now there's a cap on it. It's not, you know, you can't throw hundred grand in and get a hundred thousand dollar deduction. Most states have a little bit of a cap on it, but another consideration that could give you a state income tax deduction. I like that. Um, another important point here, and this is, we probably should have said this at the beginning of our list. And hopefully some of you are enjoying this, just kind of this little brainstorm session. And this is what we want all of our accountants and tax attorneys to be doing with our clients when they call up and have a little meeting and we look at their layout. But the big one underlying theme here, and it needs to be said, is having a small business, right? I mean, nine out of 10 of everything we just talked about are primarily only there for business owners. And if this COVID thing, and some of you got un lost your job for a while, laid off or entirely, and you're unemployed, um, you've got a situation now where maybe having a small business is not the worst idea. This was a wake up call for that purpose. So the tax strategies get exciting. There, there's many, many more opportunities to build wealth. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, and obviously I probably should have started with that. That's our number one strategy is we're going to talk into at least having a small business on the side. And this is where I love the movie, The Accountant with Ben Affleck. Oh my gosh. If I could show it to you right now, everybody, this is the scene. And if there are those that haven't seen it, this little farming couple comes to his office in a strip mall. And of course it's a front for his real job of being an accountant for criminals and also putting away bad guys. So he's their accountant. And then after he does their business, he turns them over to the federal government in a unique way. So no one knows who did it. And he, he's this assassin type guy anyway. So the movie's great. A lot of people think that, you know, I'm, I'm like Ben Affleck, but um, anyway, so in the accountant, <laughs> this little couple comes to his office, this grandma and grandpa, and they're like, Oh, we just, we need to save taxes. And it's, he's got autism and he's just, uh, it's excruciating for him to talk to him. And he asked the wife, she goes, do you like my necklace? I make them. And he was like, do you ever sell them? She's like, yes. Where? And she was like, at the, you know, the county fair and the bazaars and all this, the church. And he's like, you may have what's called a small home-based business. Where do you work? She's like, at the kitchen table. And then she, he, he looks at the husband where do you work? And the husband's like, oh, you mean our home office? <laughs> so, <laughs> and so anyway, he drags out of him this concept of a small business and then he saves some taxes. Well, that is very, very common in a good tax planning consultation. Yeah. And so we're going to drag that out of you too. Sorry, Matt. That was a. Okay. That was good. I think we should finish on that unless you got okay. more. No, I no was, I'm good. We can, there that, are was, that was a closer. That yeah. was a closer. Yeah. 
There's 1031 exchanges and cost segregation and charitable remainder trusts and all these other little unique strategies that are in tax planning and um, oil and gas uh, credits and all that. But we just, this is what we mentioned today is I really think the bread and butter of yep. what good tax planning is. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening today about taxes. Um, hopefully July 15th is a little less painful for you and you can save some taxes and maybe get some ideas for what you can do in 2020. We'll of course be back next week with another refreshing episode of Refresh Your Wealth. Make sure you're signed up for the newsletter. You can get that at refreshyourwealth.com, markjcohler.com, you know, sdrhandbook.com, kkslawyers.com, all those websites. Um, you can sign up for it. Um, that'll give you updates on upcoming shows, tax tips and deadlines, articles that Mark and I and other attorneys and CPAs in the firms are writing. So um, we want to stay in touch with you and help continue to be a resource for you in the future. Thanks for being here. See you next week. Thanks for listening to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your American dream. Don't forget to get your free copy of Mark and Matt's eBooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. 